and mutilations you're listening to otherworldly culture presents dead on movie reviews tonight we will present horror movie reviews and lively debate here on otherworldlyculture.com and on future select tuesdays at 8 p.m eastern you can join our live chat at that time by clicking on live shows link on the otherworldlyculture.com website I'm your host, Tim Kretschmann, coming to you from the land of lakes and landfills, beautiful Muskego, Wisconsin, where the leaves have fallen and we're all happy just cleaning up from all of our Halloween <laughs> celebrations. It's my honor to introduce the Faculty of Fear panel presenting tonight's lectures. Let's go around the horn hailing. Oh, this is the one I always have tar- trouble with. It seems like, just sit back, relax, this takes a couple of hours, okay? Are you ready? (laughs) You're prepared? Okay. Uh, Hailing from the Motor City, Detroit, Michael Cieslik is a lifetime reader and writer of horror, mystery, and speculative fiction. He has served as an officer in the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers and is the editor of the Eerie Tales Anthologies. Michael is the editor-in-chief of Dragon's Roost Press, and his works have appeared in a number of collections, including DOA Extreme Horror, Dead Science, Vicious Verses and Reanimated Rhymes, and the collaborative steampunk novel Army of Brass. He is a kilt enthusiast, and he's killing it over at thedragonsroost.net. Michael Cieslag. I am extremely jealous that your leaves have all fallen and that you are almost oh. finished cleaning up after Halloween. Because oh, no. I've got at least another two trips to the car. From mm-hmm. mean, from the car to the storage department to get the Halloween stuff put away, and uh, the wife already blew out the entire yard, um, made a pile in the street as big as her car and three times as long, and you can't even tell because the trees have dropped even more leaves. Yeah, the the leaves. I'm just getting started on that. I probably have another two weeks of those coming down. But uh, we did have quite a mess out here because there was a live band that uh, played out of the garage across the street. So it, it was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, Adam Holtzaffel is our hardcore otherworldly culture columnist, and he won't brag, but he is in fact the Taco King. Adam will slice and dice twice his film feast and Menu of Madness. For us on tonight's celluloid entry into cellulite, it's Adam Holtzapfel. How's it going, Tom? Yeah, you like the food theme. I kind of tried to play that up this time. Uh, I noticed. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> All right. The thesaurus was working. Uh, next, we have little Mikey Exler. He's back again as the denizen of the dismal, the purveyor of the putrid. That exciting exclaimer of glorious gloom wrestling up from his stony tomb. He's the monster, the mad, the ghoul, the glad, and that sack of mumbling, moaning pus that barfs out baloney. He's the one and only Coach Michael Exler. Hey, Coach. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on again. It's so nice to be here. It's an exciting time of the year for horror fans. A lot of great stuff came out, and uh, we have some new movies. Actually, we have a lot of new movies. We have some that have been around a little while, but not too long. So it's going to be a great show tonight. Really looking forward to hearing all of the reviews. So why don't we get things started with you, Mike Cieslik. What have you been watching? 
I watched uh, After Midnight, the 2019 version. Um, this is important to note because if you just type After Midnight into your search engine on your smart TV or your laptop, you get about 12 bajillion movies. Uh, you ain't freaking kidding. <laughs> I hate you so very, very much. I've been chasing these things down for for days here. Uh, but we did, I think I have the right stuff showing up there. So, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, just put oh. up any random thing from any After Midnight, it'll be fine. They, the they, clip of Eric Clapton in there, that's okay. I, I was After planning midnight. with playing that music, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to play the music. We got excellent <clears throat> singing. <laughs> that's right. So tell me about this one. I don't know much about this. Um, I actually enjoyed this. This... Um, it starts out with a nice little romantic scene between um, uh, Hank and Abby. Um, Hank is played by uh, Jeremy Gardner, who also wrote and directed the film, which I'm glad I didn't know about till after I watched it, because that always puts me up like, this is good. so I went into it not knowing that. Um, <laughs> okay. He did a good job on everything. Um, Abby is uh, played by Bria Grant, who everyone knows from everything. And uh, they use this conceit a number of times, but the first one is pretty startling. You get um, this nice romantic scene where they're celebrating her birthday. He takes her to um, not his home, but like his this house that's been in his family forever. It's a big uh, southern style, kind of gothic looking house. And uh, then he wakes up. It's dark. There's uh he's sleeping on the couch which is pushed in front of the door and something is scratching at the door trying to get in. He rolls off the couch and shoots through the door with a twelve gauge shotgun. And you're like, Okay, hold on. What, hold on. what just happened here? He doesn't even we, know what's at the door and he just starts blasting. We don't know what's going on at this okay. point. All right. And uh, All right. we quickly discover that um Abby has left him. Um, left him a note says um, sorry I had to go away for a while um, Abby and <laughs> ever since she's been gone this monster has been trying to get into his house um, we see the scratch marks on the door uh, his um, would-be brother-in-law if he and Abby were married um, the uh, local um, law enforcement comes by to quote-unquote check on him after he shoots at a passing car. Um, uh, Shane. Um, Shane's kind of a dick. Um, he has <laughs> played really well in that. Um, you really are like, man, I kind of want something bad to happen to this guy. Just kind of writes off, yeah, there's no monster, there's nothing, blah, blah, blah. And we spend the rest of the film wondering... Is there anything actually there, or is this just his? Um, is this just Hank's um, loneliness and depression manifesting itself like this? It only happens at night. It only happens when he's alone. Frequently happens after he's been drinking a lot. Occasionally with uh, Wade. Um, I'm going to attempt this name. I apologize uh -oh. to him ahead of time, Henry. Oh, Lordy. Uh, Zabrowski. Um, hysterical character. Everything out of his mouth is is absolutely hysterical. We first meet him in the bar where he drinks the um, dregs from the bar mat. Like the bartender lifts up the bar mat that's underneath all of the taps, pours it into a glass, and he drinks it. <laughs> Oh After that, we get to hear his theories on um, UFOs and lake monsters and all kinds of weird conspiracy stuff. Every time he's on the screen, it's hysterical and then becomes super emotional afterwards. Hmm. The okay. film uses that conceit where you sh they show um, occasionally Hank's memories. Sometimes it's him dreaming. Abby's always really happy. The colors are super vibrant in the scenes that she's in. And then it snaps back to the present where he's scruffy and bearded and the house is dark and everything's gloomy looking. The switching back and forth was absolutely chef's kiss for that. Really good cinematography there. Okay. 
Um, some of the writing was really, really well done. You find out really quickly how long Hank and Abby have been together and how long she's been gone, but there's no big info dump where he's saying, well, you know, it's been, you know, four weeks since she left me, and ever since then, the monsters come out. That all happens naturally through dialogue, and you get all of this very quickly. Um, very pleased. I don't want to go too far, too okay. much further into the plot because I don't want to tread into spoiler category, but there are some scenes where you're wondering, okay, is this going to have like a snap twist? Because it seems to have resolved that everything's okay again and Hank's not crazy and there's no monster. Will there be a monster? Is the monster going to jump out when Shane's telling everyone from his high horse about how there's no such that he has a couple of speeches. I'm like, yeah, there's no such thing in ghosts. And if you ask anyone around here, they'll tell you they've seen a UFO, but you know, I'm a rational, logical man. That's, I have to be that because I'm a officer of the law and blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, man, it would be great if the thing just came on and ripped his head off right now. I'm not going to tell you whether or not that happens but uh there are a couple of really good jumps in there too i don't re- usually like the jump scares but these were well done now the caveat it's becoming my catchphrase i think the movie's probably not going to be for everyone <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's not your standard horror movie. if you're going in looking for just um flat out scares you're not going to get them there are some real moments of tension there's some moments where you're wondering if hank is going to snap and hurt somebody especially while he's sitting sitting in his chair, fiddling with his shotgun, talking to someone. You're like, okay, this is getting really dark. This is getting really bad. Something awful is going to happen here. We don't need a monster because he's going to go crazy. What's this? But it's um, not your typical horror movie. This is almost like a, a, not really romantic, but a very dramatic film okay. with some horror elements. Okay. Having said that, I did enjoy it, and uh, if you've got that new grading system queued up... Let's let's see if it works. Here we go. Drum drum roll, drum roll. And? I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I really enjoyed it. Wow. There we go. A- minus for After Midnight version 2019. (laughs) I do have... I will have it linked in our show notes, and I have it in the chat room right now for you. Uh, so that's, that's all set up, but, uh, do be sure that you pick the right one. The movie poster I have up on the screen. All right. Well, fantastic. I have a question too. Yes, sir. Yes. Why can there be an A minus, but not an F minus? Uh, because you're very, very mean, Mike. And if I give you an F minus, that's all you'll ever grade. Fair enough. Okay. Just for that, I'm going to do a minus of mine. So there. All right. (laughs) So next we're going to go to Adam. Adam, what have you been watching, buddy? I've been watching Deadstream. It is currently streaming on Shudder. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one that kind of flew under the radar this holiday season, written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winter, and starring Joseph Winter as the main character, Sean Roddy. He uh, plays a disgraced YouTube uh, influencer, who decides to gain his followers back by spending the night in a haunted house. A lot of influence of Evil Dead 2 meets the Blair Witch Project. Uh, The film's carried by Joseph Winner and Melanie Stone. It's basically a two-person movie. Um... I think it's going to be one that people either love or hate. I don't see there being much middle ground for this. Definitely more of a comedy feel with lots of good gore. Uh, The main character definitely oversells the paranormal investigator type. Like, 
I'd say probably how most people imagine like Zach Baggins, where they're just real over the top that you either laugh at them or you want to strangle them. And he nailed that pretty well, I thought. Okay. Um, Clock's in about an hour and 27 minutes, so it's a decent run time. It's well-paced, well-shot. Is this a found footage? Adam? Yeah, it's a film footage. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's done like a live stream on YouTube. So okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, it's and the paranormal aspects fun. There's a running gag which I think you showed of the disembodied finger going in his nose. They uh, go back to that a few times, which is fun. So yeah, well, not bad. Let me but, tell you, Adam. First, I get C-Slick picking a movie that has 300 versions. Then you pick Deadstream, which literally I am showing every picture I could find <laughs> online from that movie. Uh, this is not one yeah, of those movies people did a lot of gifts about uh, and that sort of thing. No, kind of sounds was... like last week. Yeah, <laughs> or last time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just came out October 6th. Okay. So yeah. I I don't think many people have actually checked it out yet. So Yeah. And and there's been there's been a fair deal of movies that have come out this October. So I I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So two people and uh do we know this director or anything? Anything behind the scenes? No, this is their debut. I know they did a short on the new VHS film that's Ah. just come out or coming out, but this was their debut feature. Fantastic. Are you ready for grades? Yeah, I'm ready if you are. Okay, well, that's always the question, (laughs) buddy. Uh, What are you grading this, F-? minus? I'm I'm giving it an A. It was a fun watch. Ooh. I liked it a lot better than I thought I would. You know, we just threw it on as something to watch and wasn't real sure what to expect and ended up really enjoying it. All right. Fantastic. So, so far we got an A- minus and an A on today's show. Well, it's too bad. Everything has to come to an end. Mike, I actually I actually saw that movie too. Oh, did you? Well, hold yeah, on. let me get back over there. There we go. <laughs> Why? What do you have to say about Deadstream? Um, I actually I dug it. I, I thought uh, everything Adam said was pretty spot on. Um, I don't think that movie works unless that the main actor does as good of a job as he does as making himself. Uh, hated, or you, you just want to hate the guy, and he did a really good job at that. Um, Excellent. Did you say it was spot on, or would you say it was dead, dead on? on? Okay, I would you. say it was dead on. Okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I have a question for those of you who have seen it: Is this something that's gonna last, or is this going to seem super outdated in a couple of years because of? Um, the live stream format. I I can see it going either way. I think for fans of it, it will hold up. I think if you're kind of middle of the road or don't like it, it won't hold up. So cool. Thanks. I have yeah. a roundabout way to answer that question. The I've watched several of like the live streaming type horror films because there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are. <laughs> I guess that's a new subgenre. Yeah. But this one is, I think, by far head and shoulders above the rest of them. Oh, um, okay. That, that's just, why I haven't seen it yet, because I've seen some of the other ones, and I was like, oh, I'm tired of this already. Yeah, uh, the production value is, is really good with this one. And like I said, this guy, you kind of get invested in, in hating this guy. <laughs> it's just not likable at all. So you want to? You're propelled of wanting to see what's going to happen to this douchebag. <laughs> nice. And his scream, his scream yeah. when he gets scared, just yep. 
it's hilarious. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really you know it really leans hard into the comedy, which I don't tend to like, but this it worked really well. And uh, wow. So. Well, what would you let's hit this button? What would you grade it? Uh, a B. I'd give it a solid B. A B, which is high for you. Uh, it is. Why did that go up? <laughs> No, I hit this button. There it goes. <laughs> it just automatically gave it me a Xler's C minus. It heard Exler's <laughs> voice, and it said the highest it'll give is a C minus. Error, <laughs> fatal error. Oh my god! There, there must be a mistake. There must be a mistake. All right. Well, Mike, how about we go over to you? What have you been watching, my friend? So I watched the 2022 film Halloween Ends. Uh, this film had a hybrid release in theaters and on Peacock. I chose to see it in theaters uh, because I saw the last two in theaters. So I figured yeah. might as well finish the trilogy there. Okay. Was it a, a good audience? It was during the day, so there was not many people there. Okay. Um, there was... I'm going to say six people in the whole theater. <laughs> okay. So what did you so, think? So the the synopsis of the film is the saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in the final installment of this trilogy. Wait, I didn't so, know you worked for Universal PR. That was great. Good job. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks. So, oh, um. First, before I talk about the film, I want to talk about how divisive this film has been. Oh my god! Online, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, um, I've, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now, and and things, and for a film to upset such a, a large amount of people to the degree that has upset people is a little worrisome. That you take film this serious, I, so it's almost to the point of they're questioning their faith. And if they ever liked the Halloween franchise to begin with and and this and that. And I don't understand what what about this film made people make these statements, especially questioning if they like this franchise at all. And if they like it, you know, one film ruined entire franchise. I don't understand. What did you guys well, think and, about the- and particularly this franchise, which has not been hitting perfectly throughout its history. It, it has far more misses than, than successes. It, it really if does. you're still a fan of the franchise after that, uh, um, was that, which one was it? Was That had uh, Tyra Banks and uh, what's-his-name doing the karate in it. I'm like, oh, Resurrection. Uh, yeah, Coolio. Oh, yeah. Resurrection. Yeah. I think yeah. Resurrection's one of the best films of the franchise. Really? Yeah, number three is seriously the I best mean, film number, in the franchise. Number three's the best, but yes, that's what I'm saying. Resurrection cashed in on the reality TV thing before everyone else did, and they did a fun gimmick with it. Like, you know, nobody thought reality TV was going to be around as long as it has, and resurrection beat everyone to the punch with it That's true. I never thought here's, about that. here's the thing though okay this franchise has fractured people almost at every turn right first there was <laughs> halloween 3 that people say well this isn't really a halloween movie and others think it's the best of the other things so that was that was the first sign of you know a mess then they throw a second trilogy at you, which I I thought was the successful trilogy. Then they did a H2O thing. And, okay, we're going back to the beginning. Then you had the Rob Zombie stuff that happened. And, and <laughs> now you had uh, a franchise that people forget is written by a comedian. You know, this was all written by a guy that made his his mark as a comedian. So that people are like, well, this isn't what I expected. Well, did you want 
just what you expected because if you did watch any of those other movies and there's a wide variety of those movies i don't understand i went into it and i have to admit it isn't my favorite of the halloween flicks but it ain't the worst in my in my opinion so i i don't know i don't know why it's such a strong opinion yeah, like, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I think for me, overall, the trilogy just felt uneven. Like, um, you know, it was all sold as Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers. I felt like we got that in the first film, but then the last two just kind of didn't really touch back on that. Yeah, I... I just well let's let Mike do his review and then we'll pick apart all of the mistakes he makes. So go ahead, Mike. You, you said about <laughs> most of my review. Oh, so. did I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, I can. Uh, I don't know. Talk about how Michael was. You know, I don't know. Now I have to look over all my notes because I am so sorry. That was not my <laughs> intention at all. I, I, I've been having this same reaction to all the people that are, like, hating this movie. I, I, to me, it isn't strong enough to hate. It's just kind of there, and it's, you know, it's okay. I, I have a hard time feeling strongly about this film. Maybe that's the problem. Did, yeah. did anybody connect with this main character? That, that we're introduced to in this film? No, I don't think the purpose was to connect with them. I, but it sure helps when you're watching a movie for two hours to kind of connect with the main character. Even if your connection is, I hate this guy. Yeah. I, I didn't feel either way about him. I don't know. So, let me get back on track here a little bit. Please do. I'm sorry. So, the <clears throat> for me, as Tim was saying, this film is not your typical slasher. So, if mm -hmm. you know, you're going in looking for your typical slasher, you can watch Halloween Kills or any of the other ones that are in this, the, the franchise. This one actually attempts a story arc. Um, it attempts storytelling, uh, whether it's good or not is subjective. I think, um, I thought parts of it were good parts of it, eh, not so much. Um, <clears throat> one of the, the things I thought was interesting that nobody really talks about because they're too worried about how long Michael Myers is in the film, um, is really looking at Haddonfield and, and what has taken place there and how the effect that it has had on the really the people in the culture of Haddonfield. I thought that was interesting to see because, you know, I think having that stigma around your town really, and it keep happening, uh, would really, I don't know, start to wear on a town and the town's folk, uh, in my humble opinion. I, I, th I don't know if they were really trying to get that across, but I thought that was a little bit evident, uh, basically after the start of the film, how the main character was treated. Right. And so sort of the, was he made or was he a monster to begin with? So I thought that was a good dichotomy, you know, little bit of storytelling, which if we go back, like we were talking about storytelling, hasn't been Halloween's strong point. No, um, no at all. So people questioning <clears throat> if they ever liked the movies or not, I, I question when storytelling has been really good, except for the first one or the third one. Right. And uh, again, we can't even really lump the third one in with what we're talking about here because it's a completely different movie. You know what? So just, but isn't it interesting how the arguments against this movie look so much like the arguments against Season of the Witch? Yeah. Hey, 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 it's like, hey, we have the template for this. I found myself wondering... Did Blumhouse tell Danny McBride, you need to have Michael Myers for X amount in your movie, but we we want a movie that almost feels like it shouldn't be in the trilogy, 
just like Season of the Witch, go at it. Because if that's what he was told, that's exactly what we have here. Right. I I think one of the parts I had of, of my review was that this film is a giant setup, uh, plain and simple. It, it is a film to end Laurie's portion and, you know, end Michael Myers' portion of it as well. But they have to keep the money train rolling. Mm-hmm. So they had to explain how they're going to keep it rolling. That's why I say Corey, was that the main character's name? I think so. Um, I, I think that's why him being, uh, like you said, did you connect with him or if he was likable or unlikable? I don't think he, he was just a messenger almost if that I'm trying not to spoil anything, um, which is really hard. Uh, I I was happy to hear you were going to take this one on. I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so of course, Lori's not going to do anymore. Because Jamie Lee Curtis is out and she's old and and whatever have you, right. but they need to continue Michael Myers because that's where they make their money. So right. they did a good job, in my opinion, of setting up how they're going to do that, um, without spoiling too much. And uh, obviously, Adam and Tim have seen it. Mike, have you seen it? Uh oh, did we lose Mike? No, I'm sorry, I had my mic muted. I was trying to get back to it. Um, Yeah, actually, I haven't seen any of the ones in this trilogy. I've been waiting for this one to come out so I can just binge all three of them. Oh, I got you. You know, okay, I'm going to say what my criticism of the trilogy is, and particularly this was, I think, most evident in the second film, is... They almost are worrying way too much about continuity and trying to put together uh, a Halloween universe. Frankly, I don't care. And, you know, you said, yeah, storytelling has not been too big in any of these. I feel like the first John Carpenter Halloween is almost like the perfect movie. And the problem is... If you're going to continue with a character, you can't have that character as mysterious as he was in that first film. Because at some point, you got to learn more about him. Otherwise, why do you keep coming back? Then it's, you know, it's just Friday the 13th, stab, stab, fun, fun. Um, So I understand there's a problem here. You want to keep your main character mysterious, but... If you don't give any new information, you get criticized for that. And I have a problem with fandom these days. People are, like, pointing out, oh, look, it's so-and-so character, and they had, like, one line in one movie and blah, blah, blah. And I sit there and I go, I don't want to have to watch movies for every Easter egg that's in the in the series, and Halloween Kills was really big that way. Uh, you know, just all these characters. Oh, this character was the final girl in this movie. Well, I haven't watched that movie since it came out originally. I probably have only seen the movie on VHS. You expect me to remember who was the final girl in that episode? I I don't remember. So that's been kind of my problem. I wish they would make a Halloween movie for today, which I think Rob Zombie was trying to do, but I think biffed it almost entirely. Uh, and you know my opinions on that. I've been pretty harsh on Mr. Zombie. But um, I don't know. What did, you, what did you think, Adam? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I just felt like this one I was kind of indifferent to. I didn't love it, didn't hate it. I actually liked Halloween Kills a lot. I liked the, what was it, 2018 Halloween. But I don't know. I I do think it needs updated. It it felt kind of like the recent Star Wars trilogy where you were getting new characters, but you were also getting that nostalgia and fan service. 
the the sheen of it's good at first but then it loses its fate after a while so i i feel like all the fan service you need in a halloween movie is michael myers walking into a kitchen and grabbing a butcher knife and i'm like i'm good i'm good we had that scene now we can do whatever the hell you want you know and i I did like this movie, but I admit it's not very, it doesn't really hit you as a Halloween slasher film. It hits more as like a psychological horror film, if that makes any sense. Does that make sense, Mike? Yeah, I just think that they were really trying to tell Lori's story rather than than Michael's. And... uh also, in doing that, they were also trying to set the stage to how to move the franchise forward. Do you, do you think they were telling Laurie's story? Because I thought they were telling the kid's story. Because Laurie doesn't get much screen time either in this thing, I thought. No, but she comes to the big revelation at the end. And yes. It comes yes. to the finality for her. Yeah, she um, finally changes as a character. Which yes, is yes, because she's completely cool. different than Halloween Kills. Oh yeah, and yeah, um, that's another. You mentioned fandom, and and that's another thing that I wanted to mention that really kills me is fandom. Is people bitched Halloween Kills was nothing but killing. Um, I, I remember reading people's posts, the same people that posted that you know this has ruined their life. Halloween ends ruined their life, and they hate the whole series now. Um, yeah. I just, I never understood that because Halloween Kills, I mean, it's in the fucking name. Um, it, the, they don't shy away from this movie's going to be killing from the front to the end. And that's what they gave you. So people were pissed about that. So then they were like, okay, we'll give you something a little different. So people didn't want that. So what the fuck do you people want is the question that I would ask if I was the filmmaker. I, uh, I, I think I just I, want like John Carpenter's Halloween over and over again. Like, but people were pissed that Halloween 2018 was too much like Halloween the original. I was just about to say Halloween 2018 had the same response as The Force Awakens. Oh, you're just hitting all the old notes. You're you're a copycat. Blah blah blah. Frankly, for box office, it's clear who the winner was. To for Halloween 2018 was. The winner of the box office. But it also mm-hmm. had that built-in, hey, we want to see Jamie Lee Curtis in a Halloween movie again. I, frankly, and, you know, Mike and Adam, you've been hearing me say this for years. Cecil, like you're just getting used to me singing this song. <laughs> but uh, I believe an important part of horror movies is novelty. And that's why, in general, I have problems with the sequels in horror movies because I've seen, you shot your wad. You, you know, how are you going to keep scaring me with the same thing over and over? We were just talking uh, before the show about Barbarian. That thing is, that's a weird freaking movie. And I, I said, I'm not sure that movie's going to work on rewatches because so much is based on you not knowing where the hell you're you're being led down. Uh, so when we, what is this? Is this the tenth film, eleventh film? How deep are we in the Halloween series? Yeah, it's at least ten. Yeah, if not more. Which, if it is the tenth movie, where where was Universal PR on that? But. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, how how many times are you going to go back to this well? Wouldn't it be weird if they can. wouldn't it be weird if Halloween got to number thirteen before Friday the thirteenth? Probably going to happen with the way it's going. I I think it is because the the copyright owners are free and clear, and people that got some money over there at Halloween. And I think there's all sorts of copyright issues going on with 13th. Hey, Tim, this is the 13th in the Halloween franchise. It is? Yep. And they didn't they didn't get all over that? No. Oh, my God. 
I knew that James Bond was 25 for like three years before they finished that movie. Holy cow. So not there their, are literally... There's more Halloween films than Star Wars films. They're, right? Well, not if you yeah. count all that... Ex- the extended stuff, maybe. And, and that's your problem with the Halloween. How many of those can you count? I mean, you've got, what, four? And then Season of the Witches. Four Divergent Timelines. Yeah. Plus Halloween 3s. Oh, it's like, is it the plus 13th or is it just the 3rd or 4th? Now, do you yeah. think at some point they're going to be uh, Michael Myers' babies, like the Muppet Babies? And they'll do like an animated show of little slashers killing each other. Well, they are doing a Friday the 13th prequel on Peacock, I guess, that A24 is producing. Don't. Oh, so it should don't, be shit. Don't even. Yeah. Are you serious, really? Yeah, it's. I uh. forget the name of it. There's an article somewhere on Facebook today, and I forget who's involved, but. I think it's called Crystal Lake. I think and what it's going to be called is Pretentious Crap yeah. Lake. Is what it's and Brian be. Fuller's involved with it, so it's going to be a ton of A24 drama. Oh, boy. Well, I don't know. He is behind Hannibal and American Gods, so it might be good. But American yeah. Gods was good. Yeah. But yeah, it's a Friday the Thirteenth prequel series. God, why and why do we always need a series? Just make a two-hour movie, please. I, I'm so. I mean, I'm good with a series if it's done right. That new Child's Play series has been pretty solid. I haven't even started that one. I I prefer the, you know, I prefer like Creep Show. Uh, give me an anthology, 30 minutes, and I'm done with the story. Because I like the novelty, I think. Going back yeah, to that, the same thing. Yeah, and the Creepshow series has been stellar. that's on Shudder. Like, yeah. I hope they have a new season of that. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Uh, Mike, do you have anything else, or you want to get to grading? I just have one more thing. The sure. opening scene, um, I think, is is on par with horror openings such as like Ghost Ship and things like that. Uh, just, I was shocked that they did it, and especially what they showed. You know, you know what it reminded me of was uh, uh, a stranger is watching that that uh, Carol Kane movie from way back. Was well, it a stranger? Calls coming from inside the house. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of the the opening 13 minutes of that movie is just incredible. Um, it was him showing the neck snapping back like that. That was uh, oh, pretty hardcore for considering it was a child. So right, I give it serious points for that. Yeah, I I I really liked where it started. I uh, mm-hmm. I liked aspects of it. But it's it's not my favorite in the series. No, you know? it's not mine either. I, uh, well, let's. I, I like the kills. Um, the the blowtorch one was one of my favorites. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was well done because it it showed enough, but it left enough for the imagination. So it was, I thought that was well done. But um, overall, the trilogy, I think it might be probably my least favorite in the trilogy. Okay. So, yeah, I'm definitely ready to grade. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a solid B. And not an F minus. No, no. I uh, Again, I really like the kills. Uh, I really like, like you said, parts of the film. Um, I like that they tried to give something different after the criticism of kills. And um, I personally, I think kills is my favorite. Of the of the really? franchise, okay, uh, it has its flaws, of course, but they all do. Again, we're talking about Halloween films, um, but I thought it was the most fun. Uh, it is so. a fun movie that that what I call the Darth Vader scene, where Michael Myers yes. is just plowing through people. 
That yeah, I, that, when he comes out of the house on fire, it's like, yeah, oh, okay. That was laugh out loud funny to me. I, I just thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, so that was, Phil's is my favorite. But again, I I don't know what people have been watching that think that Halloween Ends is the worst of the bunch. No, I, I don't think it's the worst of the bunch. I don't think it's the best. Wait, uh, Adam, you've seen it as well. You want to give it a, a score? Yeah, I'll give it a C. I didn't love it, didn't hate it. Just kind of felt indifferent to it. All right. And I'm I'm going to give it a B as well. I thought it was good. I'll, I I wasn't sitting there checking my laptop while while the movie was playing. Um, but I wasn't thrilled by the film either. But now it is my turn. I think you're all ready for what's going to happen in this uh, this review, because we all know I have a love and affinity for Mr. Rob Zombie and, and his work, and uh, he just came out with the new version of The Munsters. Um, I am going to write up a full report on this thing at some point, but I, I do want to talk about it. I... I don't understand Rob Zombie's love affair with origin stories because this is the origin story of the Munsters. Do you know anybody that was like, you know what we need? We need to demystify the Munsters' backstory. I feel like we don't know enough about how they got put together. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that he went to a prequel again after that being one of the things that people were ripping on on Halloween so much for. Now, the actual Munsters TV show, you have to remember, that was born in a Monster Mash period in the mid-60s that was really kind of set off by the shock theater bundle of films that were sold to television stations. Kind of started all those monster hosts and, and all of that stuff. And this movie is getting a lot of criticism for its color scheme, which I'm going to kind of throw a monkey wrench in there. That's actually the thing that I liked about the movie was that it went all comic book color. It Obviously, it's campy, and, and they use kind of those creep show motion backgrounds you know, with like little hearts and, and stuff like that. And... It's campy as hell. Okay, I actually enjoy campy films. I enjoy the original Batman for what it is. I enjoy the Flash Gordon film. So I enjoy that type of sense of humor. And they picked some good actors. Uh, Roebuck, who plays um, the Count Dracula, the, the grandpa, he's a huge fan of uh, the Munsters. He uh, did all the interviews on the Groovy Ghoulies DVD, if you're a fan of Groovy Ghoulies. But it, it was kind of weird because um, the guy that did the Herman, he kind of was doing a Herman impersonation. He was doing Fred Gwynn. Uh, he had the laugh down. And he doesn't show up, by the way, in the first 30 minutes. You have no Herman for the first 30 minutes of this movie. Uh, but then Roebuck, he completely doesn't do any Grandpa at all. Grandpa is an easy character as far as I'm concerned. Lewis was just being a basically borscht belt comedian. He was very Jewish in a way that, which was hilarious because, as you know, uh, vampires have a strong Christianity thing with the cross and everything. And that you had this guy with a Yiddish accent doing a vampire. That was part of the comedy. Uh, so I was mystified by that. Here's the thing that actually hurts me to say is that um, Rob Zombie's wife was probably the best actress in, in the film. Uh, she go to hell. You've got to be kidding. I couldn't, Ouch. I can't believe I'm saying this, but she nailed uh, Lily or Yvonne DiCarlo. She she nailed down all those moves. Now, it's just an impression, it's like something you would see 
on Saturday Night Live, or it, there was no, I'm going to get to the deeper down character, but she did a decent impression. I, I can't really rip on her about that. Um, Here's the thing. I don't know who they made this movie for. Uh, I'm, Rob Zombie? Yeah, it's it's too dark for a kid's movie, which it was definitely going for a kid's movie. They they have slide whistles, for goodness sake, in the soundtrack. And the humor was geared for either the intellectually stunted or the very young, but it's really not that funny. And I got to thinking about it. What makes the Munsters funny in the 60s is a lot of the comedy comes from people being scared of the monsters just by their looks. They people look at them and they go ah and they run away. You know that's that's the ongoing joke. You can't do that today because if somebody dresses like that today, you have to say, well, different strokes for different folks. That's how they want to dress, and you can't react to it. So. Basically, the punchline of the show is taken away because of the time frame that we're in today. Um, so the the other thing I, I thought is this thing is really not trying to satisfy fans because the theme music, which I consider one of the better TV themes of all time, first shows up in the end credits of the movie. And I'm like, okay, but Rob Zombie's, you know, you might not want to play that till the end to kind of be the payoff. But I'm like, Rob Zombie's a musician. He could have danced around it in the in the soundtrack and then gave us the full thing at the end. It would have been satisfying. He didn't do that. I mean, honestly, I think the soundtrack, I, I, I can't believe this, but I think it sounded like stock music. It sounded like they, they paid some royalty. In fact, the whole movie looked incredibly cheap. I, you know, the joke that I made right after watching it, as I said, it was so cheap, even Bill Mosley wouldn't do it. It, <laughs> it just, it, it, it looked like they spent $1.99 on this thing. Um, and then I, I double-checked. This movie was made by Universal, right? The opening... Uh, thing of it is the universal um logo but this opened on netflix how bad does your studio hate your movie that they go and sell it to their competition in streaming this didn't come out on peacock universal made this thing and they said oh god we can't have anything to do with it and peacock has got a serious content issue, right? It, I mean, it's great for Halloween, but that's about it. And they're, they're like, you know what? We don't even want this thing. Go give it to Netflix. Uh, actually, for a comedy, I felt that it was written so poorly and directed so poorly, it did the exact opposite of what you want from a comedy. I actually came out of it feeling a little sad for everybody that was part of it, including Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, has a a decent-sized cameo in it. Butch Patrick and Pat Priest from the original series, they get little, like, voice uh, work on it, which I'm sitting there and I'm like, well... What was that? You had to buy them coffee or or what to get those guys to do something on it? Um, I I just I I felt like I don't know that there was a good movie in a remake of the Monsters or a reboot of the Monsters or anything like that. Um, but they certainly didn't even fulfill the lowest expectations I could have possibly had. I went in knowing that this movie was probably not too good, knowing that I don't like, uh, you know, zombie to begin with. Uh, at least I should say his movie making. I don't like his movie making. Um, but this was this was bad even uh, on that level. 
I guess I'm going to ask you. We got three horror fans on the line here. Did any of you watch this? I had, I, <clears throat> I had to watch a second Rob Zombie movie for another project, which will be coming out um, next year. Um, the first one that I watched was House of a Thousand Corpses. I saw it at the matinee at the dollar show. I literally paid uh, in quarters, six quarters, dollar fifty for it. Yeah. And I almost asked for my money back. <laughs> I have not seen another Rob Zombie film except for the one that I had to watch for that other project since then. Uh, so, no, I did not want to see him destroy something that I enjoyed in my childhood. Yeah, I I liked the Munsters as a kid. I mm-hmm. preferred a TV series almost nobody knows about anymore that was on during the early 70s called The Monster Squad, not to be confused with right. the um, movie. Not the movie, but the TV show. There was a TV show. It actually starred Gopher from uh, uh, The Love Boat, Fred Grady. And it was about a wax museum that had a, a Frankenstein, a Wolfman, and uh, a Dracula that would come to life to solve crimes from time to time. It's actually, when I when I think of that TV show, that is what Universal had in their head when they started the Dark Universe's idea of, we're going to do a Marvel shared universe of our horror monsters. I, I think they had that movie, that TV show in mind, and they're like, oh my God. Um, that, that show, by the way, you can find episodes out on YouTube. I do not recommend it if you're above age 10. Uh, it's a fond memory for me, but nobody else should watch it. Um, a movie? Or what show? No, the, the TV series, um, Monster Squad. It's, oh, okay. Uh, I, I like the movie. I, I like the movie Monster Squad. But, yeah, uh, that was good. Yeah. So, Mike, did you watch uh, this Monsters? No, I uh, I am not a fan of the Monsters. I, I okay. think I'm just too young for the whole Monsters vibe. Well, and uh, this did not interest me at all to see, so I just uh, did not watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna just flag you off of this thing. Do not, do not. Uh, Adam, did you see this or no? I did not. The almost two-hour runtime turned me off. No horror movie should really be more than an hour and a half. I agreed. Uh, agreed. The- uh, I, you know, I saw the monsters in syndication. Wouldn't say I was a fan or not a fan. Like I'm more of an Adams Family guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I continue to wonder who they made this for because. I don't see an intersection of Rob Zombie fans and Munsters fans. It it doesn't seem like a combination that you go, oh, you put those two together, everybody's going to go nuts over it. The only thing I can think of is because of Danny McBride's success with Halloween, they're like, hey, anything goes. Let's give it a shot. But I don't know. Rob Zombie seems to have those fans where he does nothing wrong. So that's probably the target audience for this. Well, I, you know, after watching this, I'm like, the thing that scares me is if Rob Zombie wants to make another film, he'll get funded immediately because his name is Rob Zombie. Anybody else would have came up with this script. They, they would have been, you know, told to hit the bricks. I think this movie probably got a green light before the script was written. Uh, Because anybody would have read the script, they would have said, "Uh, what we really want is Mockingbird Lane. We don't need to see them in Transylvania for an hour, 45 minutes. Literally the last 15 minutes, they finally are at Mockingbird Lane. Uh, you get no Eddie Munster. You you don't get the the pretty daughter whose name oh, Marilyn, right? 
Uh, you don't get her at all. Those characters aren't even in the movie. They, they're just gone. And I'm like, are, are we kidding? Because, frankly, I would have been all in on a, on a sexy Marilyn in there. That, that would have given me something to watch. Uh, this I just didn't get. And there's like this whole witch uh, subplot in there. I, I know you're a huge fan of witches in, in movies, Mike, so you're missing out yeah. on that. Um, Probably not. It's... <laughs> It's really one of the worst turds I have seen in a very long time, and that's why this one is getting a D minus. See, I got a minus in there. I put a minus in. But, you know, honestly, the only reason it's not getting enough is I actually found the color scheme kind of fun. I, I... kind of enjoyed the color scheme side of things. Uh, beyond that, there was nothing to recommend this film for me. So, that brings us to the conclusion of the show where we do our hype. And we're going to go to the website here in a moment. There we go. Come on. There it is. Uh, the website, we have the streaming guide out there. We are in the middle of our season. Um, we have, I believe, one more Dead on Movie Reviews. We have three more Dead on the Bases coming up here. Uh, we also want to remind people that uh, you can go out to... Come on, press the right button, this one. Uh, Michael Seaslake's thedragonsroost.net and you can check that out and we also have Horror Realm coming up March 3rd through the 5th in 2023 it is only 172 days away (laughs) but a, a lot of good uh, guest announcements so far. Do you know any of them off the top of your head, Mike? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Right. Uh, let's see if I can remember. We got uh, uh, the guy from the thing. Um, Richard, Richard Mazur is coming, who you've, you've interviewed before. Uh, we have, oh God. Terrifier people. Terrifier, the director and Art the Clown will be coming out for that. We got some people from Night of the Creeps, uh, from The Purge, lots of people coming out for the film. So it's going to be a a lot of fun to watch that. Dead on the Bases will be coming this Thursday. Uh, the horror film is The Entity from the 1980s. And the sports <laughs> film is The Fan. Now, now, why are you laughing about The Entity? Me? I don't know. I, th- I think I heard Cecilic laughing there. No, I, I said did. nice. Yeah, I... I, I was laughing. I, I love laughing. that freaking movie. I found out... I found out that there was an Atari 2600... Uh, game based on that movie. What, what, what? Yeah, so that that's what... Ghost Rape. What are, you, what are you making a game about Ghost Rape for? Thank you. So I heard about that and I'm like, some bastard on YouTube has to have gameplay so I can a see what through. this thing is, right? Literally, you take the ghost... And you push it from one plane of existence to another. Do you know how you push a ghost from one plane of existence to another? You corral it through a very narrow slot as it goes from one to the next. It is a simulated rape game. It is like, how the hell did somebody think this was a good idea over at Fox? But somebody thought it was a good idea. It did not ever see the light of day. But I guess if you have those emulators, you can you can get this movie. Scary, scary stuff. 
Well, hey, everybody. want to thank you all for tuning in for Den On Movie Reviews. Remember to check us out at otherworldlyculture.com and check us out on Twitch throughout the season. Uh, you can reach us at uh, our names at otherworldlyculture.com as far as email. And uh, remember, when you aim at horror, make sure that you are dead on. See you next time, everybody. Otherworldlyculture.com <laughs> Ha 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 